This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and on this episode today, I'm talking with Rowie Singh. Now, I went to an Instagram influencers event at the end of last year, and I felt like a fish out of water. However, there was one person that stood out to me when I watched her session, and that was Rowie. I really loved what she had to say around your own value, particularly in business, particularly as a person, and I I was just so encouraged with what she had to say at the event. I wanted to organize a chat with her just to share her story, just to inspire you, just to encourage you if you are thinking about doing something different, doing something on your own. So this episode of My Millennial Story is with Rowie Singh. And if you've got any suggestions for any My Millennial Stories, please let us know. If you do know somebody who has a profile and you think they've got a cool story, I would welcome the introduction because, you know, there's a lot of cool people out there with big profiles and I would like to know a bit more of their story, but, you know, I just don't have the connections. I'm just a guy on the coast. So, here we go. Enjoy this chat. Be encouraged, be inspired, and you can check Rowie out on Instagram at Rowie Singh. I met Rowie at an Instagram live event around creators and there was all these cool people in like cool situations and then I was there. Uh, But Rowie, you stood out to me in the content that you were talking about uh, around valuing yourself and valuing your product, what you do. And I just thought I've got to get this girl on to talk about self-worth with money. Mm. I mean, we can talk about self-worth and what you're seeing with this Instagram, TikTok generation. But rewind it all back. Who is Rowie yes. and what does she do? If, if you don't use the word work, life, like who are you? I'm a creative. I feel like that's the best word to describe what I do because in my day-to-day, I am a visual thinker and I think that falls into the bracket of creative. And if we want to get really specific, I am a beauty creator and I specialize in artistic makeup. That's my thing. That's what fuels me. And that's what makes me happy. That's my job. That's my life. Um, and that's what keeps me. That's, I think that's what gets me up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And where did you grow up? Sydney? I Okay. This is the story. I was born in Sydney, but then I grew up, I moved to the States. I lived in Connecticut for three years of my little wee life. And then after Connecticut, I lived in Singapore for another three years. Then I made my way back to Sydney. So I had a little bit of an international expat experience because of my my dad's job. What does dad do for work? So at the time he was working as like a very high, like marketing director of Otis Elevators and um, Otis Elevators, shout out. Yeah. (laughs) Very random, but their head office was in Connecticut. Wow. And then I think they had another like office in Singapore. So, you know, we like, I have a younger brother and my mom, we packed up and we, we went with and it was a bit of a culture shock twice Mm. over Mm. and then a culture shock readjusting to my original culture um but it was really I think I really enjoyed it and I think it was very eye-opening and I think it has really shaped the person that I am today being able to travel at a young age have you done much traveling uh in your adult life um with all things all things considered I'm trying and I would love to do more. I mean, I've, you know, I've made my way around Europe, but I think that's what, I think that's what gets the creative juices flowing. That's what excites me. And I think that's what I've always sort of been drawn to. So I'm looking forward to traveling more before I quote unquote, settle down. Love it. Whatever that means. Love it. (laughs) Uh, So settle down. um, Are you currently 
engaged, married, partnered? First one, correct. I am engaged at the moment. So I've been with Rahul. It's my fiance for 10 years and we have like built a life together. We met when we were really young. We were 17 and I had no intention of being with him for 10 years. So are you saying love does exist? I it's out there? think so. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone has their own idea of what love is, but I think I have found someone that makes me so happy, supports my dreams, is on the same path as me, we're on the same journey, is my best friend, has the same, I guess, mindset. And I, if we're bringing it back, the same money mindset as me. And I think we're on this journey together. And I think that's that's sort of what we've got for each other. <laughs> and are you guys currently uh, renting? Have you got a mortgage? What's your um, living sitch? We are currently renting and we only, we were living at home. Um, we're both living at our respective homes um, for a really long time because we were very close to each other. And I think our mindset when it comes to living out, we were very much on the same page, luckily, is that we didn't want to move out until we were able to afford that lifestyle in a comfortable manner. Like we wanted a nice place. We wanted nice things. We wanted to still be able to go out for dinner and still be able to spend like on food and like frivolous things comfortably. So we, you know, Sydney's expensive. So we stayed at home as long as possible. And that is very cultural. Mm. So you'll find like a lot of other South Asian, like a lot of, a lot of other brown people will stay at home for a, a, quite a long time because, you know, your parents are willing to care for you. They're willing to cook for you and clean for you um, until it becomes... <laughs> Until you can finally be like, no more. My mental health needs, needs <laughs> yeah, I need to move right. out. That's right. It's like, yeah. mum, every time I freaking leave the house, I, I, I'm I, going I wanna, out. That's what you need to <laughs> I don't want to be treated like a 17-year-old. I don't. You don't need to know where I'm going. Yeah. That's for me only. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's fine. And what's your heritage, your family's heritage? I am Punjabi Sikh. I am Indian from the north of India. Awesome. Yes. And sorry, I'm just throwing all these questions at you. Please but do. before we do... Uh, if you're not driving, uh, grab your phone, open Instagram and search what? Rowie at Rowie, R-O-W-I, sing, S-I-N-G-H. If you just type in Rowie, it should come up. That's yeah, me. Because <laughs> when we do these stories, like for people who have a, a social profile, I often like to say, everyone just stop, open Instagram and get a vibe for the person I'm talking Please to. Please catch my vibe. Tell me what you think. Yeah. I like... I. That's a really good idea. I think it's nice to have sort of that context whilst someone is talking and it kind of helps you form it. Yeah, because you can see your personality come out. And, totally. Um, yeah, I just, Hopefully I'm so colourful. jealous of all the <laughs> colour in your life. Oh, I love it. it it's so funny because even walking here and I was walking, I mean, we're on Market Street, very corporate vibes, very yeah. corporate Sydney vibes. And, you know, I, I was once in a corporate job and it was very much a sea of of black blazers and I'm lucky to be able to not have to conform and not have to feel like I need to express myself in a particular way in order to seem professional like I can wear like right now I'll explain I'm wearing a pink tulle shirt like tutu vibes but as a shirt and pink eyeshadow and I've got hair charms through my hair like I'm seven years old and I love it and it's so fun and I think like you know if you're going to turn heads you might as well do it. Colour. <laughs> and you've tapped into this thing, like there's actually, there's some rules of the land, like don't speed, you know, don't steal from people, you know, all that stuff. But there's really no rules, is there? And we get put in a box sometimes by our world, if it's the corporate world or our family situation. Looking in um, at, I guess, your heritage, your family, your culture, I see this um, traditional conservative thread, mm. but also when I see weddings and celebrations in your culture, all the colour in the world. It's vibrant. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, and now you're going, well, can't I use this colour every day in my life to express myself? Yeah. How do you find that? I think um, it, it feels very double standardy because I think my parents want to take me down a... a well, I don't think they ever wanted me to. I think they were just sort of like, you know, guiding me down a, a path stability because I think there is no room for risk 
when we have immigrated and we have come here, we've done all this work to set you up for success and for their in their minds for me to take a different career path to do something that isn't st- stable is you know it's very threatening it's mm. it's scary it's very scary but at the same time if I wanted to be true to myself if I wanted to express myself as a, an Australian Indian woman I would be leaning into that color that culture the vibrancy of being a brown woman because there's so much to it um, and at the end of the day I'm just gonna do what's right for me. And I did both. I actually did both. I took a very traditional path. I did the double degree commerce arts. I did that. But I also lent into the, like the, I guess I lent into the chaos of it all. And I think that unlocked my own creativity, I think, which was really cool. So you can do both, but I think your parents have set up this idea of what is success for you. And it's about slowly coaxing them and telling them, that's not what's right for me. That's what's right for you in your mind. But yeah. those two things do not link up. Yeah. Okay. So you're 27 years old. You lived uh, a somewhat linear life as in school, mm. university. When? How was the transition to, I guess, influencer yes. full time? Uh, because you've got probably over 350,000 followers on your Instagram. Mm. You know, did that happen in 12 months or did you slowly grow and do it on the side? What was the transition like? Mm. And then for bonus points, how did you tell your family, extended family, that I'm giving up this status quo career to do something that is new when there's no rules? This is no structure. This is a really good question because I think a lot of people nowadays expect a virality to the influencing. They expect like, I want instant fame. I, if I keep posting in this way, I'm going to get like a hundred K overnight. But I spent the better part of five years slowly building my platform because I wasn't ready to commit yet. It wasn't, I didn't want to do that. I would have loved to jump into it full swing, but I liked the stability. I liked having like a nine to five job that I can rely on and having this side hustle that fueled me and it became it it got to this point where the side hustle made me happier than my nine to five and I was just sort of listening to my own instincts I was like this is feels right I enjoy being creative and all of a sudden it was an option to be for it to be a career it wasn't an option when I first started like that was just like a fun little makeup thing a little little makeup hobby it was called you know like it was just something on the side um and then all of a sudden I was like working you know, I was working really, really hard in my nine to five job and then only for like a very slight, slight pay increase or a very small jump promotion job. And I was like, this isn't worth it. And I feel like if I can just put my all, all my creative energy into one thing, if I can focus all my energy into being a makeup artist and posting online and see where that goes, I'm just going to do it. And if it's not going to work out, I don't really care. Like I was, I was at that point where I was so over my nine to five that if my creative passion didn't work out. I do not care. This is all I have, and I'm going to do it. So I like, I went part time in my full time job. Then I, then I dropped off completely, and I gave it my all, and it just started to grow so so quickly. And I think my parents, that point where my parents were like, "Oh, this is a real job," was when the money started coming in. Yeah, and that's it. It's like. It really speaks to where you put your energy and your attention, you Mm. will get results. A hundred thousand percent. Like whether that is your fitness, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your family life, your career... It And it requires, and it's work, 100% it's work. It's not like I didn't snap my fingers and magically hope that this would work. Mm. It took a whole lot of consistency every day, even, even though the algorithm was telling me no, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep posting. And I kept pushing through every barrier that was presented to me. Consistency, 100% without a doubt. What would you say to somebody out there who was once like you not liking their nine to five and thought there's got to be more. There's got to be something that I can do. There is more. And if that, if you, if you have that feeling, you should, you're a hundred percent right. And that's a valid, valid feeling. And I think 
um, if you're scared to take that jump because not everyone can do that. Not everyone can take that risk and just up and quit their day job. Dabble, like dabble in what you enjoy and, 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 you know, build hobbies and build a whole life outside of your nine to five job, because that is your life. Work is not your life. Like find what brings you joy. And I did both. I was doing both at the same time and it was a lot of work, but you'll so slowly start to realize one becomes, you know, a little, a little bit more worth it than the other. So y- you know when to take that plunge. So bringing it home in a literal sense, how, what does your partner do? My partner is a financial analyst. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. He's a money, money, money. Love it. (laughs) So how do we manage money at home? Because I've met some really intelligent people in finance, in Mm. financial planning, in the analyst world, actuary world and all that, not be great with managing money and sometimes be really good with managing money because Mm. when we manage money, 80% of it is our habits and behaviours. So how do you guys manage your money? Are you sharing? Is it joint? Is it separate? What's the deal? How do you guys do it? It's a good question. Um, We have two very different approaches to money and it's very indicative of our upbringing. Um, So Rahul is a, a lot more frugal than I am. He's a lot more conscious of every cent that comes out of his wallet. I um, value my purchases. I live in abundance. I'm quite impulsive. And for that reason, at this point in time- High five. You're me. I like, if I, whatever sparks joy, it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever sparks joy, it's mine. I don't hesitate. I don't hold back. And I know that some things are going to be an investment on my like mental health and happiness. And I know that it's a full circle. And then if I spend money here, I'm going to get it back in somewhere else. Whereas like Rahul's a little bit more conservative with his money, but I think he's now learning to, um, to, to splash where it matters. And I think I'm like, we're both sort of meeting in the middle because maybe sometimes I might take the extreme and just be like, Huh. Well, does this sound like, so it sounds like you're pretty much a spender. He's probably a saver. Totally. You know, sometimes you savers out there, you need permission to spend your money. A hundred percent. Otherwise okay. it just kind of sits there Yeah. and you can save money. And, and like, that's the thing though, we are doing a great job at saving money. We, at the moment, we both have our own bank accounts. Um, and when we get married, I think we'll have, we'll still have our own bank accounts because I think that's just like freedom to, um, to have my own pocket of money for him to have his own pocket of money. But we will have a shared for like groceries and like the communal shops. I think that'll come out of that at the moment. But right now it's a little bit chaotic. Like if we want to buy something together and I'll transfer him money, vice versa. Um, so we'll figure that out. But I think once we become a little bit more aligned, um, it'll be a lot easier. And I would say I'm pretty good at saving money. Mm. I actually am pretty good at saving money. And I have I have to set up these like structures. Like I have to set up very separate bank accounts, separate like saving accounts. So I know exactly, I have to see that dollar figure of what I'm allowed to spend frivolously. I have my own frivolous account. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it because it does speak to that behavior piece. Yeah. Like you, I was probably going to say before, like you're really good at saving money if- I have a solid goal and conviction that I want to do something. Yes, 100%. Because if I don't, well, money will just find its way and grow legs. Yeah. But if there's a goal that I can attack. Yeah. Oh, because, and this is the thing, your personality and those out there listening, you might have a personality like Glenn, like Rowie, like we're a bit sporadic, we're a bit spendy, but because we've got, this thing where it's like, if we want to do something, we'll bloody do it. Mm. So, oh, you want me to save for that? Hold my beer. Like, it will get done. Yeah. And I think the problem, our personality and many of you like nodding at home or whatever, you know, if we're just walking around aimlessly, our personality doesn't get joy from just seeing our savings grow. Yeah. Uh, I that's That's pretty much it. And like, I think that's an aspect to it, but I am so... Um, I can give an example of like where I've seen investment. Like I will put money down and I will spend money on a brand that I think that could result into a collaboration, right? So I will, 
know where the investments are and I'll know when to put down money and I know it's going to result in something in return. So like I will spend, I remember in the early days, I would spend like hundreds of dollars on a particular makeup brand that I was obsessed with that at the time, a little bit unjustified, like maybe you didn't need like three palettes, don't worry about it. Do what makes you happy. That was my whole thing. I was like, I'm just going to buy it because I think this would be great. It'll help me like build my skill. And then like, you know, forward a couple, a, a year or so later, I'm working with that brand and I've already made that money back because they are paying me. Yeah. It come, kind of comes around. Well, but that's a, that's a commercial decision as an investment, right? Yeah, like, totally. I, like for me with the brand stuff for the podcast, like it's counterintuitive for me to spend money on a flight, a hotel to fly to Melbourne to have a, an hour lunch with somebody. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. But get me in the room with someone, get me invested, let me vibe it out. Exactly. And if it goes somewhere, well, it's the best investment. Yep. What are your, like in 10 years time, what do you see yourself doing? I would really like to, I want to carve up my own space in beauty, whether that means running like creative workshops for um, people who are willing to learn more about creative makeup and doing makeup on their own face. Like how do, how do I invigorate creativity for other people? That's what I want to do. I want to have my own beauty brand. I possibly want to have my own like studio where people can come and shoot looks. And, you know, I want to have, I want to be running my own creative hub that extends beyond social media. Yeah. Because I think we all know, um, you know, I've just got a platform. You've got a platform. We technically are at the mercy of, another thing. So we need to diversify um, our reach almost or our control. I think it's control. It's Mm. like, I want to be able to own a space that people can come to. Um, And if Instagram dies tomorrow, I want to be like, I don't, don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So how do you kind of do campaigns financially? Um, Mm. Do you kind of have a go-to brand that kind of sponsor you as a person or do you like, I'll try anyone's brand and do a review of it. How do you kind of sell your campaigns or, Mm. um, and then how do you balance having an Instagram account and not just having it all just ads for your followers. Totally. So what's the balance? It's um when you know you know. I like I will always I always have to revert back to why am I here in the first place is because I love being creative and I'm not here to sell things. I will incorporate it if it makes sense and if I'm using it. So like this I will always prioritize my own creative content. Sponsored content comes second. Even though that's how I'm making a living, it'll still come second. I have management which really really helps so like a lot of my deals go through my management and they're able to manage the collaborations for me because let's be honest I have managed things directly with clients before and whilst you're getting your full cut there are a lot of other like time is money Mm. and if I can save like if I have to spend a little bit more and let someone else take a commission in order for them to handle the admin I'm happy to do that because a very much time is money for me and you know you don't chase you're not chasing an invoice for seven months and they're getting they're helping you manage your collaborations and I really like to work on a fewer bigger better policies so like I want to build relationships with brands that I really, really love that I use every single day and I get popped on like a six month or like one year contract and we just continually work with each other. And even better, the best type of relationship is when they're like, we trust you. We like what you do. You come to us with the idea and we'll collaborate with you instead of being like, here's the brief. You need to push this product. I hate pushing products down someone's throat Mm. because as a consumer as well, like I don't want to see that. I want it to be organic. I want it to be like, you know, seamlessly intertwined in the content that I'm already doing. So those are the best type of collaborations. Of course, there will be moments where I'll do like a one-time thing. It's more like a test and learn, right? I'm just trying to see if this brand would result in a long-time collaboration. Do I even like the product? But it's not ideal because it seems very cash-grabby in my mind. Yeah, I've I've always had the philosophy that – yeah, if I wouldn't genuinely use your brand, I'm probably not interested in That's it. advertising it to my listeners because yeah. – and and this is it. Like there, there will be some brands like um, 
that it, I'll use an example, a health fund might do a campaign on the podcast mm. that's not the current health fund I'm with. Mm. Well, that's fine. It's still a reputable fund. Like I don't have to use everything. It just right. has to have some alignment. Alignment. That's a good word. That is it. A- alignment. Like, would I back this? And like, it's not necessarily, am I using this religiously, but I do I back this? Do I believe in it? I think that's the best way to decide whether you can push something because what happens, and I've done this before, if you push something that you do not believe in, it is so much work to oh, make it awkward. seem authentic. Like, and people can tell, like you become like very robotic in your delivery. The content isn't as good. And so I'm like, I want to save myself all that drama and just work with brands that I am already like bubbling with ideas. I'm like, oh, I know what I could do. Like, I, I would love to do this, that, that. And if the brand hears me out, chef's kiss is the best. <laughs> Have you found, and it might be different in the Instagram world, mm-hmm. I, I found in my world getting brands to understand the median. Ooh. Like to actually go, well, if, you know, some brands will be like, oh, hey, Glenn, we want to do this, this, this. I'm like, well, I can't actually do that because you don't understand how this world works. Like, yeah. have you found that with any brands? A hundred percent. I think people will, I think brands do not know to, do not know how to enter the creator mindset. And I think they're just using creators to pump out content and for their massive reach and massive following. Fair enough. Because if that's your, if that's your, I guess, you know, your objective, if your objectives are swipe ups and you've got, um, you're engaging someone with a massive following, that's great. But I think creators need to be used for their ability to, un- to know their audience. Like you got to tap into what they know, because that's where you're going to get like real, like real reach. You're going to get real cut through. And I think it's a two way conversation. This, I think I said this at the Instagram next event, but like your relationship with a brand, it's a brand partnership. Mm. You both have a say. You don't have to just like, I think the best relationships are when I'm like, I don't actually think that's going to work for my audience. Let me tell you why. Here's the data where I've done this before. Like here's like the engagement rate. I suggest we do this. And when they listen to you, the content is going to be 10 times better. It's a partnership. I think like, and the reason I love doing these deep dives on different topics is because we can draw parallels. Mm. Um, So if we look at the brand creator um, alignment that you deal with and I deal with in My Millennial Money, my question to those listening is, how can you look at your own life and see other relationships in your life that there is not alignment? And that could be your employer doesn't Mm. value you. Mm. It could be your team member doesn't value you. Your partner might actually not value you and you're in it out of convenience. Yeah. Is there like, I just think we always need to have a pulse check of every situation in our life. That's so true. And like, it's easy to neglect some aspects and to, to sort of prioritize others, but that alignment, which is such a business buzzword, Mm. but it applies to every aspect of your life. Like if it's not aligned, if there, I guess I think the more colloquial term is, is there a vibe? Yeah, totally. To catch a vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there a synergy in every sort of aspect? And I think it's so instinctual. Like you can't, like I can't tell one person what's right for them because it's it's going to differ, but you kind of know deep down what is right. And I think that's what helps me say no to mm. a lot of opportunities because not every opportunity is a good opportunity. And like one thing I've learned in, especially with management, they're always going to be like, you should do this. This looks amazing. Like do this because look at the money. And I'm like, sometimes... I have to sacrifice the dollar value because that's not something I align with. And I I'm, I end up better because of it because mm. I, I keep crafting my well, brand presence. It's the power of no. And what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break yep. and we'll come right back because I want to ask Rowie about um, saying no. I want to ask her about um, her views on Instagram, where it's going. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about um, image and there's a lot of business owners who listen to this podcast who want to really get some maybe Instagram insights. And uh, Jess in our team is with us today. Uh, maybe Jess, if you are thinking, if you've got any questions about Insta or something that we could ask um, Rowie. So we'll be right back after this. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> everyone laughs after that because yeah, we actually, we're back. there's literally when I do the break, everyone, when we record, there's literally like a one second gap. So that's a bit of fun. We're back. Um, okay, so this is interesting. Um, let's just go at it. How have you set good boundaries in your life, in your personal life, and in your business life? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, boundaries, I think boundaries come from really like knowing myself and having my own like self-awareness. Um, and so it's, I think it's definitely practice makes perfect because I think boundaries need to be broken in order for them to be set very much so because then I know like what I want to sort of cultivate, what I want to keep close to me. Um, I think very like from a personal perspective, I am okay with having trust issues when it comes to bringing in, when it comes to making new friends. I'm okay. I sort of go in with a wall up and I let people bring that wall down. That's how I have a boundary. Like I have a boundary from the get go. And I think I let people build that trust so that wall comes down. But do people think you're a cold bitch when they meet you? No, because I'm like, I'm still nice about it. You don't have to be like a bitch about it. It's just, you can still be amicable, yeah. but it's whether I'm willing well, to it, take it, this, you know, friendship to the next level by inviting, going out to lunch. Yeah. And wise people said trust is earned. A hundred percent. It is earned because I've been, there's too many situations where not that I've been burned, but I've just been like, I don't want to waste my time anymore. So setting up those boundaries to begin with before I even start is going to protect me and that other person because I don't want to waste their time mm. and I don't want them to waste my time. So I think that's very, that's, yeah, I think from like a personal perspective, boundaries in my relationship, um, again, is just communication. Mm. It really is just communication. Like this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And boundaries in work is all about saying no it really is like a no is not a negative word and there's you know there are ways to phrase no you don't say no you say like I for example I have like a, a line that I use if someone wants to work with me they're like I think this would be a perfect fit and I would say look I really appreciate thank you so much for taking the time to reach out I'm gonna have to politely decline because I don't think there's an alignment here I, I can't see myself like authentically um working with you at this point of time but you know again like I thank you and I wish you all the best. Mm. It's that's a p really polite, respectable way to say no because you're not leaving them hanging. They know why you're saying no. You're giving them a reason. You're giving them feedback. So then, when they approach the next person, they sort of they can they can tweak their their measures on their end. I found as well in life, um, and particularly in work situations, like you have to be clear and no is no. Yeah, like it's the old line, like the doctors. You know, if they have to sadly say someone's passed away, like they can't go, well, so-and-so yeah. isn't with us anymore. Oh, where'd they go? <laughs> like, oh, so-and-so, you know, not going, you know, you know, the, you know what happened? Like, yeah. uh, I'm sorry that um, so-and-so's died. You can't soft died. watch it, can you? Someone's died. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry. Exactly. I mean, it. 
That was a really bad example, but whatever. But you know what? (laughs) Kind of true though. It's just about being direct and I think it's just about um, communicating exactly what you want. And the thing is boundaries are are amazing for both parties. Mm. When you set your boundaries and that person has a better idea of what you want. So it's only going to to get better from there. So I'm all for it. Say no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Two last things and JP's going to think of something to ask about Insta and all that world. I'll let her ask all that. I want to know in your kind of business, mm. because you're running a business, um, what's your next plans? Do you hire, do you have staff or do you have contractors? What's what's happening? That's a really good question because my next, if I want to expand, I need to outsource. And that is a really big issue not issue it's it's a really big hurdle for me to cross because most of my work is so personal it is the inner workings of my mind on display how do I hand my aesthetic my brand over to a team of people because I've been so protective over it for so long Um, but I'm ready to outsource where needed because I realize that I can't do everything. I can't do everything. Like if I want to build a brand, if I want to build a beauty brand, I need a team who's going to be working on the front line on PR. I need someone who's posting on TikTok two to three times a day on Instagram, two times a day. Like I need that. I need to be socially present, but I don't have enough fingers for that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny. Like, so with my millennial money, like our whole bag is the, we're a podcast, right? Um, and our Instagram, it's only small. Facebook group is growing. You know, we're treating them as different content pillars. And what I'm strategically doing, like for me to empower Jess to do the Instagram well, it's pretty much like, Glenn, get the hell away from Instagram. You'll wreck it. And it's it's more about, you know, it's my millennial money, the brand. It's not Glenn. And I guess for you, like, would you ever go down the road of we'll we'll call your makeup brand Rowie or something like this? Yeah, like just it's a, yeah, whatever that is. Like, do you then just change the Instagram? Do you cut it over and it's not Rowie Singh anymore? It's Rowie. Exactly. Well, that's right. I think I'm going to have to, if I want to expand, I want to expand under like a different umbrella brand that I've built with a group of people. So then it doesn't mm. become mine anymore. It becomes this business and then it's bigger than me Mm. and I need it to be bigger than me for it to grow because I'm only one brain and I need like multiple brains in order for this to grow Mm. so at some point I have to understand that I'm going to have to um you know relinquish control over every aspect of like the Rowie Singh brand it's not easy is it Jess it's so hard and like I've talked to other creatives as well who um are currently dealing with the same thing and who um you know are finding it really really hard to scale their skill because people come to them they're a service like people come to them for their skill and it takes a lot of time to um train and upskill and and to bring someone on board but I think that's the direction I want to go I'm willing to do that I'm willing to do that and I think I'll get there and I can't keep all my cards so close to my chest because I don't think I'm going to grow have you that uh and it totally excuse my ignorance but have you done like online makeup courses and stuff like that that's I I've definitely thought about it and please do it I think I'm going to please uh, (laughs) this is the thing right like I want to do it in a in a way that is more authentic to like myself I don't I don't like makeup. Cl- sorry, what is it? I don't like masterclasses because you, when you go to a masterclass, and I'm sure you've been to many, Glenn, mm. <laughs> you basically sit there and you're watching how to do makeup on someone else's face. So I want to. This is why I was saying I want to do creative workshops where people learn how to unlock their creativity. And there's like a brief where it's like, all right, essentially corking canvas, but for makeup. You get to sit there in front of the in front of a mirror. There's a brief of like you know orange. But you get to play with products in front of you on your own face. And I want to do that online and and in person and you get goodie bags and you know what I mean? Like yeah, I want to make it a and, whole experience. And that's what I was thinking. Like, could you do it? So, um, and I'm just unsolicited comment here. Um, <laughs> Tell me more. Like you, it's like, okay, I want to help people mm. make awesome makeup. Yeah. Um, here is our online course and everyone can do that and you'll actually learn. Mm. But if you want to pay more and then come to the workshop, we're doing a Sydney event and a Melbourne event and a Brisbane event and you kind of um, boot camp it. Yep. 
So everyone. That's what I wanted to. Yeah, before you come to the face to face event, yeah. everyone's going through um, basic training. Yeah. And then come to the day. It's exclusive. There's only 30 people in each city. Yeah. This is exclusive. I want to meet you. I want to hang out with you. And I'm sorry, it's $1,000 a ticket or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I think that, I think essentially that I, I did. Um, a, I did it in collaboration with a brand, but I did like a makeup like masterclass where it was like a follow along and I was sharing my tips and trips, tips and tricks, tips and, tips tricks. and trips, tips and tricks. And um, I had no idea, but there was like 300 people on that call. I didn't, and that's like a lot of people on a Zoom call to be following along. And I had such a good response from that because I was just sharing my own tips because I'm self-taught. So everything I've learned along the way is because I've I've learned it on my own face and I've like, I've learned it because it's what works for me. I'm not adopting someone else's like technique. So I think that's what I want to teach, how to learn skills and cre of creativity and to do makeup for your own face, for your own skin color, like for your unique self, I guess. Have you done much in um, like the movie scene and entertainment in industry? I haven't. No. I don't do that. But I think that's what I would do when I'm done doing my own face. Like if I, once I'm like a m more of a mature artist, I think I can definitely um, work on set. I think it'd be really cool. I think I'd like to assist and do makeup for other people and, and go down that route. Right now, I, I love being the center of attention, but mm. I might not want to do that. Eventually, I think I'm going to have to, yeah, I'll have to pivot. And I think that's the nature of being a creative. You have to constantly evolve. And I maybe might be on the out. I'm on the, I'm on the out of my influencer era. Maybe there's something else. Yeah, well- me. You just got to keep moving, right? You got to keep moving. That's it. So what's the average age of your followers? 18 to 34, yep. is, which is a big bracket. But I would probably say like my age, like mid 20s. How are you like, there's a lot with um, Instagram and self-image and all this mm. stuff. Like how are you taking your um, followers? And particularly like I've got a niece, mm. Grace, she's 11 she might follow you, I don't know, but, mm. you know, at what point, you know, does, she, do you have to, you know, where I'm going with this whole responsibility and yeah. what I look like doesn't actually say who I am. Oh, 100%. Blah, blah, blah. It's so much easier for me, I must say, because I don't put my, I'm not a personality where I'm putting like my whole being online, I'm putting my art first. Mm. So people know that I'm putting a curated version of myself and I'm very transparent about the fact that this is art. It is not my everyday face. Like you'll see like my everyday face with no makeup in my stories. People can catch a glimpse of that on a different like medium within the platform. And it is like, I put out curated pieces of art. That's what you're going to get. I'm not pretending that it's not. And I think that transparency is really important it is art and like it it's I put time and effort to look really really good for that snapshot like that's mm. at the end of the day I I do but that's what makes it fun because I get to like curate and craft and I get to you know the attention to detail is what I want people to look at not like wow how clear her skin is I want people to look at the artistry that's what people are there for mm. and if you're coming to me being like wow her skin's so smooth then I let me tell you it's not I had suffered really bad acne for like 10 years like there's a side to the whole like to my personality that I can share that is like a little bit more offline through things like stories yeah. and stuff like that so and I, I know a lot yeah. of you ask what my skin routine is. Um, and I know me, you have a 10-step Korean skincare routine, Glenn. Basically, <laughs> let me break it down. You know, this thing, I've got to work for it, I've got to say. <laughs> um, okay, we might start to wrap up. Mm. Jess, do you have any Instagram-y social media? There we go. What is your favorite piece of content that you've ever produced across oh God, any I platform? Okay, it was actually really recent. I did it for Halloween. I did... Um, a full pearl look and I collaborated with my hairstylist hair with Linda and she spent months creating this pearl wig. The whole wow. wig was made out Wait, of pearls. Yeah. Let's all pull it up. Show and tell. <laughs> so, um, Oh like my God. This, this is, it was very recent, but I just did, a, it was full on pearls, just everything pearls. And, um, uh, we had this vision 
and it came to life. Actually, it was even better, even better than what we imagined it. So that was probably my favorite recent piece of content. That's awesome. That comes. Was to there mind. any like inspiration behind the pearls? Pearls, just pearls, just pearls. <laughs> Can I say something about the pearls? Um, they're my favorite. Is it a rock or something? Birthstone um, or something? Stone. Gemstone. 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 Um, stone. Yeah, because um, it's my birthstone. Oh, a pearl. And my nana's middle name was Pearl, so you're welcome. That's so good. maybe I did Glenn, that just for you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn might need to borrow the wig. I think <laughs> definitely. Oh, it would um, suit you. And what would be your like? What's your best performing piece of content? Oh shit! Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that that performed really well. Really? Yeah. That's I awesome. mean, like, it's just an image post, but I think it gone like, I think it reached like half a million people. But I've definitely had things. Here's the thing I've had things when I have had half the amount of followers reach millions of people because yeah, the algorithm right. doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. So some of my best performing content was like two to three years ago with half the amount of followers, which is so doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense but the algorithm works in very um mysterious Mysterious ways ways. (laughs) and very unfortunate ways and the thing is though I don't live and look like best performing in my eyes is very different to the numbers of what's best performing yeah I don't actually I've decided I'm detaching I'm detaching from the numbers and it performs well because it's a really meaningful really well crafted piece of content that's a good. That's a good performing content. Yeah, I know that's such a cop out answer, but like, no, it's but true. I love it though because if if everything that you're doing as a creator is just based on what the metrics say, then you'll lose your joy out of actually creating. You, the content. I don't think I would be doing this. Yeah, right now, if it, it was all metric based, and they want you to be metric based because that's how they manipulate you to staying. Yeah, um, and in trying to beat your own high score. It's all about the numbers. But as soon as you make it not about the numbers, it's actually so freeing. It's like this weight lifts, lifts off your chest. You're like, oh, wait, wait, I can post things without any, without having to worry about who's engaging with it. I can post it because I enjoy this. Wait, yeah. what? It's, yeah. it's very, very liberating. And I've only, it's been, I've been doing this for like maybe five to seven years and it took me this year to finally be like, I don't care. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I'm probably, I mean, because I'm behind my millennial money, I'm probably still getting, I'm always looking at insights and metrics. And I'd love to be in the freedom of like, ah, whatever, like, you know. You should still care. Like, I'm not saying that they don't matter because that's how, you know, I need to share my insights with my clients and stuff like that. Mm. But it's so much more than just a like. It's, you know, it's, you know, you might have people commenting saying, wait, can you tell me more? And then it opens up a DM discussion about something, you know, like that's far more valuable. And I think insights are very, very worthy, but you can't let it take over your whole Mm being because life's so short to be worrying about like numbers from a platform whose sole purpose is to keep you there keep you there yeah Yeah. definitely and one last question before we wrap up um how long like how much time do you spend in your dms i don't actually like i um i don't i try not to that's good i i will answer dms like i'll you know, I'll answer DMs of people. Where'd you get this from? And like, I have DM conversations with people because it's just never ending then. And you have to be able to shut off. You have to know when to like pull away from the platform and and stop replying to everyone. But I'll do it in a way that, you know, I'm not going to ignore everyone. I still have conversations with people, but in a way, boundaries, you got to set DMs in your boundaries. Sorry. Exactly. Um, like I said, you gotta set DMs in your boundaries. You got set. You gotta set boundaries in your DMs. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you can give the, that in. That was stupid. <laughs> That's funny. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to finish on or get across? I would. Um, I do have like a something that's been helping me save is just being really. Um, really, really strict with my saving accounts. I have a personal account and I have a business account. They're separate. Then I have inside my business account, I have like like disposable income and then I have my GST and tax saver. Every time I get paid, I put like 25 to 30% 
away my GST tax and then that's not my money anymore and I don't look at it. And I'm like, that's not my money. So that gets put away. And then within my personal accounts, I have two save two savers. I have long-term saving and that account I actually can't open. I have to call the bank. So like once money goes in there, it's, it's done deal. Then I have short-term savings. And then I have my PayPal account, which is like an extra grand or two that I with my that I use for my Depop. So if I just want to buy something and I can't justify it, I look into that account, which feels like not my money. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can buy it because I have a bit of money there. Love it. So I have just multiple savings accounts and places where I know where I can dip into and places where I hold off so I don't overspend. But yeah. I still give myself the freedom to buy th- things. Well, that's it. Like you've got to... I've said for so long, like, you've got to use a system that works for you. Mm. Like, my system is just a system. It's not the system. Yep. And as long as it works for you, I will – awesome. Exactly. But I will want to actually say that uh, we're we're doing this episode at ING's head office in uh, in Sydney. So, thanks, ING Bank, for um, giving us a room. It's not at all sponsored this episode, but I just – I'm thankful for – for them to um to give us the space. So um well we might wrap it up. You can find Rowie on Instagram, Rowie Singh. TikTok, Rowie Singh, Twitter, don't find me on Twitter. No. <laughs> That's it. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is under my full name, so Ooh. you can do some digging. Oh. oh. <laughs> and You've got a bit of a podcast project. Tell us about that. Yes, I have a podcast. It's seven short episodes about being a creator. It's called It's a Creator's World. It follows my journey very closely in great detail about how I built my platform. I talk about things like self-worth, like pricing yourself, like building connections in the industry, like how to get where I am today. And hopefully it's helpful for other aspiring creators. And I just spill a lot of tea about the industry that no one really talks about, basically. That's it. (laughs) Well, there you go. You can head over there, have a listen, have a follow. And uh, Rowie Singh, you're welcome anytime back on this podcast if you ever want to chat. Perfect. Thanks so much. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.